Welcome to the American Way, where we, Ollie Burke, Elliot Jeffrey, and Will Loney will be dedicating each individual episode to an American sport. We speak to Division One stars and professionals as we find out what is required to compete at the highest level. Talking to soccer stars, basketball ballers, and American football phenomena, we discuss the schooling system in the USA with top-level athletes and how it's helped them in their journeys many dream of. Follow our socials at The American Way and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Join us as we explore The American Way. Yo guys, what's good? Welcome to the first episode of The American Way podcast. I'll be your main host today, joined by Ollie and Will who will be co-hosting. Today, we welcome a current professional basketball player who has been through a Division 1 system in America onto the podcast. Standing at six foot, his sharpshooting, ball handling and crafty abilities around the basket will have opponents asking their coach to be subbed out. He's also one of the best ballers to come out of Leicester. Welcome to the American Way podcast, Jode Campbell. So, um, Jode, how was life in the UK as a star player? Um, I mean, you know, there was a lot of... There was a, the biggest thing was probably the trash talk. Like, you know, a lot of people don't respect guys that are better than them you know what I mean so like as being at being at Charmwood and like averaging like the most points in the league and not to sound like I'm being big-headed or nothing but yeah. like you know what I mean like I, all my stats were I was like top 10 in like every category so you know there was a lot there was quite a lot of hate towards me you know because I'm not the tallest of players either I'm only six foot so there was a lot of hate but you know at the same time it was also really nice I was getting a lot of exposure for my place like hoop sticks and like stuff like that so it was good it was more good than bad but yeah it was it was nice it was good for sure uh, you definitely find us the haters now anyway definitely yeah for sure um when did you get to a point where you thought you could play over in the states uh, uh well to be fair when i was about four or five when i first started playing basketball uh my dream was actually to go to college and play basketball in america um but i I don't know. I've always, I've always thought I've been able to play at that level, but like you don't realize until like it actually happens. But I'd say around 15, 16 is when I, when I is when I started picking basketball like seriously and like stopped playing all my other sports. I used to play football as well, so it was like I was getting to the age where I had to decide what I wanted to do with myself, whether it was going to be basketball, football, or running. So I took up basketball like, full-time, seriously, like, practicing every day, like, putting all my time and effort into basketball. And that's when things started, like, picking off and kicking up and, you know, coaches were, like, messaging me and stuff like that. Like, just from England anyway. So I knew, like, once I started getting interest from guys in England, like, going to them places like Charmwood or, like, Mysco or something like that, like, I'd, that definitely, like, opened up doors for America. Yeah. Um. How did you get into Charmwood then? Where were you at before? Was it Gateway? Uh. So, yeah, I was at Gateway for two years. And um, Carl Brown was the head coach. Yeah. Um, but I had a lot of guys that I knew that played basketball that were already at Charmwood. And um, so the coaches are from Leicester, actually. And obviously, I was at a lot of the lot of the camps and a lot of, like, at the Riders Arena, where I'd like, go down and practice and stuff like that. And, you know, they was there. And they were just like, oh, what are you going to do next season? Like, he's going to stay at Gateway, go to America? or. But I'd only done two years, and I'd only had, like, two offers so I thought I might as well do one more year at Charmwood mm. so one more year at Charmwood the coach asked me to come down for a couple of runs in the summer 
and then yeah, just kind of went up from there. Happy days. Um, so could you explain the recruitment process that you went through for people who don't understand it? Um, so obviously you do your basketball, have you play your game, stuff like that. You know, m- mostly the coaches will coaches will be in contact with coaches anyway from like pre- from like over in America and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, well, how it happened for me is played my season, had a had a really good year. Um, we had a couple coaches come and visit, for, you know, for our other guys as well, because we was a very talented team that year at Charmwood. Had other coaches come through, and you know, if you play, you play good, you know, they might ask you a couple questions, like stuff like that. But how it really all happened, it didn't happen till late for me. Actually, I didn't like the year had gone, and then like a month or two had passed, and I'd only been speaking with one or two coaches that were like really interested. Um, I had to take my SATs. Had to go down to Worcester, take my SAT. And I think you need to go to D1, you need 950 uh, to be eligible. So I think I got, I ain't gonna lie, I think I got like 960 or 970. Like I, I just scraped it. I literally just scraped it. Um, and then, so I was on the phone with a coach, you know, like day in, day out. He was asking me questions like how things go in, this, that, the other. Um, I actually didn't go on a visit to the school that I was gonna go to, really? but he gave he gave me like a little show around, like just like on the phone and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then two days before my birthday, June 9th, June seventeenth, um, I got a letter sent in the mail from my school that I was going to, uh, just asking me to sign, like whether I was gonna dedicate myself to that school. So I signed that, sent it back, and then within August, I was out there. That's mad. Was that like one, yeah. um, one of those offer letters that you see on like Last Chance You and stuff? <laughs> yeah, that comes in like a it comes and yeah, I put it in your shoebox and stuff. But yeah, it was like a little it was like a little slip, like with a school on it and my name and the number and that. But yeah. it was it was it was nice. Yeah, I was gonna. What what did that feel like when you when you got that through the? Oh, did you already know that you were going there? Uh, honestly, no, I didn't because I was still talking with a couple of other schools. But like when when that came through, like that kind of just kind of just sell the deal for me yeah. you know because all the other coaches were kind of like oh when can you do this blah 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 like they were just kind of longing it out whereas like if if a coach wants you or if someone wants you you know what i mean they're gonna do what they can to get you what they can to get you there and then when he done that that kind of just sold me there yeah definitely were you ever worried that you weren't going to make it to that top level when you say you left it late what mindset did you have to have to like keep on going there you know, I actually, to be fair, I didn't think I was going to, I don't know. Well, I, I had options, but they weren't really the ones that I really wanted to go to. Like the one I did want to go to, fortunately, was the coach that was like really after me. But um, if it wasn't that school, then I honestly don't know if I would have went, you know, because if I wasn't going to be on a full scholarship, it's a lot of money to be paying. Yeah. to be going out there like even just for like one semester it's like six grand like and if you add it up over a couple of years like that's a lot of money so I probably would have went to like Lovebury University or something like that but fortunate enough I was able to go out on a full scholarship so uh, brilliant credit to you thank you so was it difficult moving away at such a young age obviously so far away um at first I thought it would have been pretty bad like at but I'm not gonna lie. After like after like a month or two, I was loving it. You know, I was by myself. Like I'd integrated with the team. Like all the coaches, all the 
all the staff members, everyone was like, it was just like another family away from home. Like, you know, I spoke on FaceTime with my, my parents all the time. Um, you know, there, there's a few things you miss about being away, but you can't, you kind of get used to it and get over it. Yeah. Well, um, you know, going over to the States, how would you say the transition was in terms of quality of basketball? Because naturally it's going to be. Oh yeah, it was much higher. Yeah. Honestly, it, it took me a couple of it took me a couple of months to just like adapt to how the game is played. You know, everyone everyone's a lot taller. Uh, credit to basketball in the UK, like it's getting better. You know, there's some good players out here for sure. But like when you got there, everyone's like so talented, so athletic, so fast. Like even the guys that are like six ten, like the big guys, like super athletic, super quick. So yeah, it did. It took me a while, and obviously, coming from a place where like you're one of the main guys. To a place where everyone was the main guy, mm. you know what I mean. Like when you put a bunch of guys like that together, like there's a lot of there's a lot of egos crashing and stuff like that. So you just kind of just got to kind of find your role on that team. So my my game changed completely, mm. honestly. Like my role when I was in the UK was like I was a playmaker, scorer, just kind of did a bit of everything. However, when I went out to America, my role just I was just a shooter. Like mm. all I did all I did was shoot. So you just got to kind of just sell. So your game may change a little bit, but like you adapt into the system. You know what I mean? Like, it'll, like a lot of guys change the way they played to be able to settle into the team. Because if you do the stuff that you do, like coming from your old team, our coaches aren't going to have it. They're not having it. Uh-huh. Like they've got, they've got a certain way they want to play. You've got a certain way you want to play. But if you're not the coach, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Did you prefer to have that? Uh, star role over here or did you prefer more of the kind of role player over there? Um, probably a bit of both, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, I enjoyed it over here because it's always nice to be, like, that guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's always nice to be the scorer and stuff like that. But out there, like, if you just do the, the little things good, like, you get, you get a lot of credit for it. Like, even just setting, like, a good screen or, like, taking a good shot or, like, one good pass, like, and it can change everything, really. Yeah. So, just hop back briefly. You mentioned that when you moved over to America, <clears throat> you noticed the players were a lot stronger, taller, faster. Mm-hmm. If you go back. Do you think that has anything to do with the dietary needs over here and compared to over there? So, for example, I notice a lot um, around you spot around here. Your diets aren't really pushed onto you until maybe you're really getting into the, the professional scene. Um, yeah. Do you think that plays a big part in why um, in professional sports, especially basketball, you're uh, stronger in America and um, faster? Do you think it has more to do with the intensity of the training more than the Yeah, diet? yeah. It would, I, I definitely wouldn't say it was the diet because whilst I was out there, we didn't eat nothing but Chick-fil-A, Wendy's. Like, we was eating, it was probably the worst <laughs> I ever ate. Like, the amount of weight that I was putting on was crazy. But... Um, Definitely the intensity of the training, like from like us as like when I was growing up and a lot of the guys that I grew up playing basketball with, it was a lot of fundamental stuff that we was doing, like working on footwork, like different kind of passes, you know, just what we class as the boring stuff. Like as a as a elite an elite athlete, you class as the boring stuff. Whereas out there, like you know, I still speak to a lot of my guys from America when I was out there. Um, they grew up they grew up playing American football basketball like soccer like all types of different sports and the training 
out there is a lot more intense than it is here. Like their skill sets probably a lot higher than our youth is in terms of skills. Like probably in probably in all sports apart from probably football, they're really bad at football. But like everything else, I'd say it is just the training. They train a lot harder than we do. Like, and I think the coaches put that on them too. Like, I think the coaches out there take sport way more serious than some of the youth coaches do out here. Yeah, I can imagine screaming at the kids and stuff. Yeah, like, I'm not going to lie, when I first got there, like, my coach, my coach when I was in America, he was, like, a bodybuilder. Like, he was, like, 6'9", like, massive. And, like, when we was doing, when we was doing weight training, like, you just shouting in our faces, screaming, like, when we was doing deadlifts, he's like, ah, screaming in your ear and stuff like that. Like, it, it's nice, you know what I mean? But at the same time, like, it does, it does make you want to go harder. Like, you know what I mean? But, yeah, i definitely say it was the intensity in the training rather than the diet. Do you wish we had that in the UK? Do you think we had coaches that were not necessarily just screaming in your face, but wanting more, wanting more from their players and demanding more? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, in every sport, you know, I mean, I think if growing up, I had, I had Dave Harris as a coach and, you know, he didn't want anything but the best for me. Like, it wasn't the same as my coach in America, like, shining in my face, stuff like that, but I know he always wanted the best for me. And I think I think it can play a huge role in, like, not even in sports, but, like, just in life, you know what I mean? Like, when when, a co- when someone wants the best for you, like, I think it does play a massive part, whether that's in sport or just life. I think we do need more coaches like that for sure, though. Yeah, 100%. What do you think of the American system in general in terms of, like, the recruitment process, like, through high school, getting scholarships to get the best athletes you possibly can get. See, that that's, that's actually funny you say that because the high school kids in America, um, I'm not going to lie, they're a thousand, probably a thousand times better than the kids in the UK in high school. But that's one thing I've always wondered why they would recruit from the UK when they literally have thousands and thousands and thousands of players from the US. Like They, they have like a thousand point guards in each state. Not even each state, just like in each city, like literally, like from state to state to state to state. Like they with basketball being the biggest sport over yeah. there. Like I don't understand why they want to spend scholarship money and bring guys from the UK or like all over the world to the US. I mean, I guess it is. It's a good thing for us, obviously, but I just, I just, I just would. I don't really understand why they do that when they can pretty much get the same players from the US, if not better. Yeah, that's what we were thinking. Like This whole point of this podcast, we're comparing like the difference in school systems. But as you say, they've got so many people to choose from at the top level. Yeah. So you've got to think surely that, that their way is better. Do you think we could ever have that in the UK? Um, I mean, well, in university, you know, they bring, they have a couple of scholarships and stuff. I don't know if you guys know about like books. Yeah, 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 we know our books. I mean, Loughborough University, they have they have a few Americans. I know Newcastle have a few Americans, but I don't, it's not, I guess the level is not really the same. But I mean, we do still kind of have the same kind of system, it's just a little bit later on. Yeah, yeah, and I think, I think personally, that makes a massive difference. Would oh, yeah, agree? definitely. Yeah, definitely. Do you think the American system, like the way they recruit and whatnot, has any downsides to it? From what you um, 
I wouldn't say so. No, not really. I mean, I guess it would just be the money side of things. I reckon if if they didn't, because you know, it it costs a lot to bring over imports, like plane tickets, housing, scholarship, books, tuition, like everything. Like it really does cost a lot. Mm. But I think like just into like if they didn't do that, I think a lot more money would be able to like go on the sports and the and the programs and stuff like that. But I mean, it it doesn't affect me either way. You know yeah, what I mean? So, good for you. If anything, <laughs> yeah, for them, yeah, so. no, exactly. Brilliant. Um, how do you think your career would be going if you'd stayed in the UK instead of going over there? Uh, honestly, I don't think I'd be playing professional basketball right now. Really? Um, so when I was growing up at Charmwood, I was sitting on the Leicester Riders bench like quite a lot, like just in games and stuff like that. Um, I'd get like the odd, the odd scrub minutes at the end of a couple of games. Um, but I'd probably be at Loughborough University um playing division one probably at I think when you go to America, if you're a UK guy and you've gone and played basketball in America, uh it looks a lot better mm. to like BBL kind of BBL teams. Like even if it's like even if you don't go to like a big school, but if you've gone over and played basketball, like it's the experience that they want. So mm. I, but yeah if I hadn't gone over I don't think I'd be where I was right now. Do you think going to America and playing Division One, as you say, it gives you that exposure? Do you think that's the biggest benefit that you're uh, just seen by so many? Yeah. So, yeah. Even like even if I know some guys that have been to D one, uh, didn't even didn't even play. But just because you've gone to a D one like it on, on your resume, like it looks really good. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you don't play, even if you're just averaging like, I don't know, like three, four points, playing like fifty minutes, like it's it's experience and it's just, it just looks good. Mm. It's like the same way, like people go to like university and get like bachelors and masters and stuff like that. Like yes, it's, yeah. exa- it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. So talking about the transition over to America then, um, in terms of anything really, culture, sport, anything, is there anything you would have done, you personally, different? Uh, honestly, no. I actually, I actually had a really good time whilst I was out there. Um, you know, like between like my studies and my basketball and like my social life, I think I balance it all pretty well. You know, like during the season, like there was no one went out clubbing or anything like that. Well, I didn't anyway. I know a couple of the guys did, but I didn't go out. Like I had to make sure, made sure I'd done all my work when it was due because you know, coaches are really strict out there. Like if you're not fit, if you're not passing your work, like you're not playing. Simple as that. Like, there's no ifs, buts, nothing. Like, if you're not passing your classes, you're not playing. So I, I made sure I was all my classes were done, you know, do my little bit of school, have my little bit of socials. And that was about it. But no, I wouldn't change anything. Wouldn't be, wouldn't need to be more prepared for anything either. In terms, like, say, forget, like, your height, your skill or anything with basketball. Mm-hmm. Would you say being from the UK but in a, an American system, you were at a disadvantage? Um, see, I thought that at the beginning. Mm. I did I did think that at the beginning. Like, because I wasn't playing too much in my first year. Uh, so I was like, oh, it's just because I'm British. Like, I'm not getting played. But... I don't think it was like we had a lot of transfers. Like we had guys from Wichita State, Florida State. Like we had some, we had some like serious hoopers on our team. So, like, but you know, it, it's just like a pride thing. You know what I mean? Like when you, you, you just you want to play. Like you don't want to be just sitting on the bench. But then like my second year, third year, and I was captain. 
and I was playing a lot of minutes. Like me and two other guys were captains. So, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I was at a disadvantage. But what has your biggest challenge been in your career and how did you overcome it? Probably where I'm at right now, in, like inconsistent minutes. Really? Like ever since I came, so after, before Charnwood, like playing basketball at Charnwood and before, I'd always started, and I'd always play like 25 to like 40 minutes, like always. And then I went to America my first year. I was probably playing like, I don't know, 12 minutes. So, you know, it kind of, like that stuff kind of, just, it just plays with your head a little bit. Like, the, am I not good enough? Like this kind of thing. And then came back, went to D1 at Derby, played Derby for a little bit. Played Derby for one season. And then, like, my minutes there were inconsistent as well. I go from playing, like, 30 minutes. Next game, I play, like, 10 minutes. Mm. Again, not to sound big-headed, but I was, like, one of the main... I was, like, our main scorer and, like, main playmaker. Um, and then now I'm here at Sheffield, like, playing for the Sharks. Because I'm still, like, quite young compared to, like, a lot of the guys on the team. Like, again, minutes are just all over the place yeah. so you know it, it it plays with your head a little bit but it's just something you've got to learn to deal with it's, it's part of the game you yeah. just carry on carry on going to practice you know playing hard doing what you do and hopefully like you, if you're good to basketball basketball will be good to you so hopefully my time will come yeah do you ever wish you were like born in America and you'd gone from the through the whole America system so high school and then getting recruited do you think if you were born American with your skill set now and talent and gone through their school system, you would be possibly in a better place? Um, possibly, yeah. Yeah, just because, like I said before, like the, the training and everything is so much more intense. Like I'd probably better than I, be better than I am now. I don't know. That's just like, that's just me like looking over on how they train and like how I train. Because like, I always take practice like serious. So if I was to train how they trained when I was growing up as a kid I probably could be a little bit better than I am now but I don't know if it I probably still be you know a lot of guys finish college and then come and play in the BBL or like go and play in like Spain or like EuroLeague and stuff like that but you know it would be amazing to like play in the NBA but you know chances of that are like super slim so I reckon, like, yeah. even if I grew, even if I grew up in America, I'd probably be in the same situation I am. I'm actually in like right now. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you currently play with anyone who's done what you've said, like gone through that whole system, and then they're here now, in the in the UK? Uh, what in America? In America or here? yeah, like they, so so an American say they've gone through that whole system over in the states, and then they. Oh yeah, we have we have three. We have five guys actually on our team that have done that. Yeah, you know, went through high school, went through college. Some of them, like even my even my housemate, he played in the G League. Um, yeah, had looks for NBA teams, but you know, what he done was answer one of the questions wrong, and that was it. I said him, that's all it takes, one wrong question, and now he's back over here. Well, I say back over here. Now he's over here. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, I know a few guys that have grew up in that kind of system. Uh, even some of the guys that I went to school with, some of my guys, <laughs> actually one guy that I went to school with, he's playing in the BBO now with mm -hmm. me as well. Not on my team, but on a different team. But I know of him. I know him because we play together. 
do you feel like in the BBL, those players that do that and then come here are a bit above the, the standard that uh, the league is here? Or do you feel like they fit in quite well? Uh, see, that I don't know because you know, there's some Americans that I think I'm probably better than. Yeah. But they play more because there's more money invested in them. You know what I mean? Like money, money talks when it comes to basketball. You know what I mean? Like Same. some of the money that these guys are on, like they have to play. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like they come over here, they there's so much money in them that they have to play. Like if they don't play, it's just a waste of money. So I reckon if I was getting like some of the minutes that some of the American guys were getting, I reckon I'd be probably doing just as good. You said about your friend, your your housemate that messed up on one question and is now mm-hmm. Maybe still at a high level, of course, but maybe not yeah. at the level you can get at. In Division One, because there's so much money on the line, scholarships, like mm-hmm. D1's often on ESPN, you've got so much pressure on you. Do you think that pressure benefited you or did you see it as a negative? Um I can't it kind of it did push me a little bit, like it did, because you know, going from college the next step really from college is the NBA or the GU or anything like that. But like them kind of things, like someone from the UK, like that's, that's, it's, it's hard to do. You know what I mean? I think there's only been, I don't know if you guys know Cavell, Bigby Williams from London. Yeah. Um, he was, he's been like the only, the only UK guy to go to the NBA in the last, like, I don't know how many years, but even him, he only lasted two games and then he was back down to the G League. So, but yeah, it's it's a tough one. Like I, I'm glad I came back though. I'm glad I came back. Why is that? Just because of like minutes, more opportunities, or? Uh, I just say it was more opportunities over here. I'd say, like, like I said, the only place you can really go after college basketball is really to the NBA. So like, if you come over here, you know, you go to the BBL. There's, you've got like a bunch of teams from the BBL. You've got a load of leagues in Europe which look into the BBL because they're recruiting and like the UK being BBL being the top league like it's and there's only there's only 11 teams in the BBL so you know it's not it's not a massive group to pick from whereas if you look over in college I don't even know how many colleges there are in America thousands millions like it it kind of just makes it easier for you to be picked out if you know what I mean Never looked at them in that way, almost the reverse. Because when you're over there, you want all the exposure, and then as soon as you make it professional, actually, the less teams and having more of a spotlight on you in a smaller yeah. league could then benefit yeah. you even further again. Exactly. Oh, great point. Since uh, returning to the UK, what's the biggest lesson you've learned? <laughs> the Americans are always going to play over British guys. Mm. That that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned. Like even 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 on other teams, like I know a bunch of guys from the UK, and I'd say are better than some of the Americans. But the Americans are always going to play, like I said, just because of the money and the business side of things. Yeah. And then, so when you were in the states, and obviously this, you weren't over there when this happened. But things like the George Floyd incident, and then yeah, talking on political things like BLM and that. Do you mm-hmm. feel like whilst you were over there because of the whole system and did you feel like you couldn't really put your opinion across either on social media or like speak it like in training and stuff? 
see, where I don't think I don't think my team or a lot of the sports teams would have had a problem with it. But where I'm at, where I went to college was in Missouri. Like, so you know, a lot of quite a racist town. You know what I mean? Like, quite, so I mean, it, it wasn't necessarily the the sports teams or the coaches or anything like that because they all they were all with it. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. were doing all that, doing all what they had to say and what they had to do, did marches and stuff like that. But I do, ha- I, I do have a lot of people on Instagram that would definitely agree with stuff like that. So you know, I didn't do. I put the I put a couple of posts up on Instagram and stuff like that and Twitter. Yeah. Um. But I I wouldn't say. I would say if I did do anything like I'd lose contracts or scholarships or anything like that. Yeah. But. I, I do think I'd lose some friends, possibly. Really? Like, from over in America, yeah, definitely. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, so things like AAU basketball, I don't know, mm-hmm. were you too old when you were over there? To uh, yeah, I was I was way past that. Yeah. But do you feel yeah. like things like that help, like, not-so-good players get their name out there? Like, do you think that is part of the system that could be brought over here as well? Uh yeah, I mean like teams like the blue chips, you know, like what Bronny's on. Well, what Bronny was on, like teams growing up. Like even if you just got like one good, one good player or two good players on the team, like coaches will come, yeah. come over and watch. You know, what I mean, all it takes for for someone that's not got a big name, all it takes is them to make like one good play, like one right play or just a few little good plays. Like they can just they can change a lot. Yeah. Like it can change a lot, and I do think that would be a good idea to bring over here. I mean, growing up, I played in a played in a little league, um, in Nottingham. Um, I mean, it's kind of different because at then, like, you're not really traveling around to like go to different schools and stuff like that. Whereas in America, like, obviously, you're going to be like going different cities, different all the time at like, different venues all the time, different coaches at different places. Whereas we was it was just the same coaches with the same teams. Mm. But I think if we did do like travel basketball or AAU over here in the UK, I think it would, I think it could make a massive difference. Yeah. If you could give a bit of advice to someone who's going over and playing in the States, what would it be? Um, don't get disheartened by not playing. Like carry on playing, like carry on going to practice as usual. If, if you can put in extra work, put in extra work, do extra gym sessions, uh, just don't fall out of love with a game. Because it your first year will probably be like that, but it's just something you've got to overcome. Definitely, I've got another from that actually. Would you advise someone? You're saying you've got a little brother playing here in the UK. Would you yeah. advise someone if they have the opportunity to go out in America and play D1? Uh, yeah. Even if it, whether it was D1, D2, JUCO, I'd just say go. Because I mean. Just get your name out there. You know what I mean? It's a different experience. Like, the basketball is different. The lifestyle is different. Like, everything is different. And that's what... That's really what I want basketball. I just want to use basketball as a chance to, like, travel the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, that's 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 the biggest thing for me. Like, as much as I love the game, like, I'd love to use it to travel the world and, and just do stuff like that. So, yeah, I'd definitely say take it. Just yeah, go for one. it. You're certainly doing well for yourself. Keep it up. I'm trying. I'm trying. Nice one. I think that's it, then. Um, thank you for coming on. Obviously, that's all right. Thanks for having me. And uh, we'll be watching the Sharks. Hopefully, you keep winning. And that's it for this episode. Thank you again to Jode for coming on, and thank you to all of you that listened. 
Make sure you tune into the next episode where we will be hosting a Division 1 Wake Forest American footballer. You're not going to want to miss out.